So before we get underway with the latest episode, I want to turn your attention towards Betway. Betway are India's number one predictor app with a plethora of really attractive features to participate in on the app and on their website. Head on over to the link in the bio to check out Betway's latest predictor game and a whole lot more that they have for offer. This game involves financial risks and can be addictive. Kindly play responsibly and at your own risk. Hubhopper Originals. This is his first ball. Through the gap on the offside. Listen to it. Hey, what's going on? I'm Sumed. I thought you guys might be waiting in line at your theka if you're in the green zone in India, or you must be chilling on your couch if you're getting your weekend supplies delivered. Either way, I'm sure you have a good half an hour or so. So I thought I'd roll out the second episode of the CricketNews.com podcast. To those listening from around the world, a quote-unquote theka is an establishment of great value to people over the weekends. Yeah, you got me right. It's the wine store. We're into the last weekend of the month. Not sure if weekends mean anything anymore where we are right now. But uh, hey, you at least don't get those Zoom call requests anymore. But those emails keep coming for sure. I know. Speaking of emails, the big story in cricket is the heated exchange of emails between the ICC and the BCCI, a story that broke just a couple of days ago. If reports are to be believed, the ICC has threatened to move the T20 World Cup in 2021 out of India because the BCCI failed to meet the deadline to get a tax exemption on the tournament from the government of India. So the BCCI was supposed to get this exemption 18 months prior to the event, which meant April 17th 2020 was the deadline. And the BCCI during this time frame replied back to the ICC saying there's a national lockdown in place, nothing is moving and we need an extension to the deadline. It also added, where's the problem? What's important right now? Is it cricket or dealing with COVID-19? said a BCCI official to the Times of India a couple of days ago. But the IBC, the business division of the ICC, aren't apparently in agreement with the requests of an increased deadline for the BCCI. And now Cricket Australia has jumped in and said, "Listen, if India is tough to deal with, we will host the 2021 T20 World Cup for you. No problem." You know, going back to the IBC and BCCI scenario, this is like the sales team telling the operations team, "You better make it happen. I don't care if you're half dead, but you make it happen." Listen guys at this point of time the work from home and covid-19 problems on businesses are not just limited to your software company or my marketing agency it seems like this bcci and the icc are also going through a lot of this stuff it's like the india division of a company dealing with the world headquarters but in this case the india headquarters holds all the controls of the business's earnings worldwide So the ICC committee met via a video conference on Thursday and these email exchanges between the ICC and the BCCI created a good amount of tension during that meeting. And the decision on this year's T20 World Cup was deferred to June 10th owing to confidentiality issues. Wow, that is massive. Okay, coming closer to the bat and ball side of cricket, there is some cricket on the horizon, which is great news. Cricket Australia has announced the dates of a T20I series in October and a four test series with India in December which extends to January as well. November is empty so I assume that we'll be playing the World Cup then or are India just supposed to chill in Australia in the hotels for a month? I don't know. Cricket Australia apparently are set to earn 300 million in Australian dollars from the series with India. 
now you guys realize why they were so hellbent on having india over right having india over in any country is just a complete change in the ball game with all of the money involved in in the series it reminds me of what my ceo said to me the other day he said that the best way to get out of this crisis is to make money simple right Okay, moving towards the guest on tonight's episode. Earlier this week on Tuesday, Mumbai Indians celebrated the anniversary of their first title win in 2013. Fast forward 7 years later, they're on paper the most successful franchise of the IPL with four IPL titles. Talk about resurgence. I've always felt that the Mumbai Indians are like the Real Madrid of the IPL. Full of incredible stars, big spends, wealthy owners, and backed by a city that breeds the game day in and out. And having seen the effort that goes into making the franchise what it is, I thought it would be fantastic to have someone on the podcast who has contributed to these proceedings behind the scenes in a major way in recent times, particularly the 2019 IPL winning season. Our guest on the second episode of the CricketNews.com podcast is the fielding coach of the franchise, someone whom you could bump into on the local train in Mumbai on the weekends or spot him when the camera panned towards the dugout, bulging his big biceps. but none of those flexes take away from the gentleness of this giant please join me in welcoming mr james pamint you're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast hello to the commander reporting for duty sir <laughs> how are you great to be on board this is great i'm good uh good to hear from you as well i'm curious though how how did that name come up is this is this an mi thing or yeah no i think it's definitely an mi thing i think it came from surya kumar yadav who uh you know i guess was uh, very jovial and joking around my military style and my loud voice <laughs> i think so you know i i try and i guess show as much energy and enthusiasm as i can with with the field in drills and especially when i get all the boys together you know i like to i like to be loud and i like to have a little bit of fun and and i think that's where that came from just just my loud voice and just my encouragement of the boys and uh, the commander was sort of thrown out there and it seems to have stuck over the last couple of years and yeah it's all in good fun but i've also seen that you have this ability to naturally turn up you know the ante in certain training sessions uh is that is that a conscious effort that you take Yeah, certainly in training. Yeah, and one of our obviously key principles that Mahela promotes all the time around our fielding is energy. So if it's going to be energy when we get out onto the park into the big event, it's very important that we replicate that in a training environment. And you know, I guess with my specific role with the fielding program, uh, I only get short involvement with the guys at training because saving your energy and and being resourceful is really important during a tough IPL campaign. so it has to be short it has to be sharp and energy is a big word isn't it during the ipl because there's so much traveling um there's also so much pressure to win every single game every time you go out there and of course when you're representing a franchise of the size and the magnitude of the mumbai indians um you know such a, you know the most successful side in the history of the league arguably the toughest league in the world um you know so energy is a really big word isn't it yeah we we have to be very careful and obviously we have to work very closely as a as a management team to make sure that 
in each of our respective areas. We're not allowing the boys to overtrain. So the management of their physical welfare and their mental welfare as well, so they don't get tired. You know, one of the important things about what you mentioned around the, the pressure and, and I guess the expectation, it's, it also needs to be fun as well because, you know, you've got to try and take these guys who are, I guess, highly paid and, and highly rep- represented and respected cricketers mm. back to why they first started playing this game in the first place, you know, and it was because they love the game and they enjoy the game and, and the fact that they get to, you know, put their skills out there in front of 35 to 50,000 people on a regular occurrence, plus billions watching on TV, is actually fun. James, you've been around for a couple of seasons now, and you've seen everything, right? <laughs> you've, seen, yeah. you've, seen, you've seen the lows and you've seen the highs as well. Um, how, how, how has this roller coaster <laughs> called the Mumbai Indians been so far? Yeah, it's, it's thoroughly enjoyable. I mean, I guess first and foremost for me, uh, being born in the UK and then moving to New Zealand and now getting an opportunity to work consistently in India from a cultural point of view, you know, uh, it's very different. Uh, I've really enjoyed, you know, experiencing a different culture, meeting a different group of people, not only around the cricket, but, you know, some people that I've met like yourselves and, you know, are involved in the wider scheme of things at MI. It's It's been really enjoyable over two years. I guess you, you can ride the performance highs and lows if, if you allow yourself to, but I yeah. just try and concentrate on, on my job. Uh, I try and concentrate on assisting the other coaches with their jobs if they require my influence, given that you know I am an experienced coach who, who's coached over a number of years now and, and not just a, a junior coach. So the, the first year, 2018, uh, was an eye-opener into just, you know, you, you hear about how intense and you know, our energy sap in IPL is, and, and you talked about the pressure component previously. You know, I experienced all that for the first time. So when you go back for the second time, you know, you, you are more aware of how you can be, I guess, more effective in the role that you've been assigned. And, and, and I certainly found that 2019, I, I felt that I was way more effective. But also that's based around relationships as well. And the fact that obviously we went on a great run and had success again and won the competition. And I can't wait for more in, in the future when we get back together. Let's take a quick break on the cricketnews.com podcast. And on the other side, James reveals a story about a moment from the 2019 IPL final that left a certain Mahela Jaiwardene in disbelief. More on the other side. Welcome back to the cricketnews.com podcast. We are in conversation with the gentle giant of the Mumbai Indians, the fielding coach of the franchise, James Pamant. You know, when you said uh, that you've been, that you feel you've been more successful in the second year, my mind went straight to the visual of that big moment in the final. Uh, you know which one I'm talking about, right? The Ishan Kishan run out. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. How surreal was that? Because that perhaps that was the moment where the final turned on its head. Uh, watching it from yeah. you know the dugout, uh, what what was going on through your mind at that moment? We we dropped a number of catches on that evening as well. So you know I was a little bit uh, yeah. Rahul Rahul Char dropped a couple of catches that he would normally catch, and and like we talked about yeah. before, a lot of it comes down to pressure. One of the things that I wrote in my uh, in my report at the end of the 2018 season, moving forward, that you know if they felt that they were going to go and sign an overseas wicketkeeper, 
uh, of, as you say, the dead of Quentin Tocot, that we needed to work extremely hard with Ishan Kishan, who I thought was a, a very talented fielder, but, but yeah. quite often would, would get distracted. And it's a concentration thing when you're out in the park. It's a little bit different when you're standing behind the stumps and you're concentrating on every ball. But I did say that I felt he had a lot of skills and I felt he was somebody who consistently, you know, could hit the stumps. So that wasn't lost. That wasn't lost on the boss. The uh, cash wow. actually mentioned that afterwards. He said, "Look, you you mentioned that that guy could hit the stumps, and fortunately, the timing was right, and everything came together. And and by the smallest of margins, we uh, obviously got one of their key players out when we needed to. But also, there was a great run out in the last over as well, where Cronell, in a pinpoint throw from uh, out in the deep yeah, to run yeah. Shane Watson out as well, which yeah. was yeah. which is massive because it looked like Watson had the winning of the game for uh, for CSK. Yeah. So you ride the highs and the lows. You know there were two fantastic runouts in that final, but uh, there was also a number of drop catches that I thought, no, no, we can't be doing that, boys, in the big game. But uh, hey, pressure does funny funny things to individuals, doesn't it? It does. It does. Certainly does. I'll tell you what. So we were in the stadium as well. I still have the ticket in front of me on my board pinned. It says Sunday 12th May 2019. Uh, Is that the most surreal moment for you thus far in your IPL journey? Being in the dugout, you know, when Malinga got, you know, Shardul Thakur out on the last ball. Um, is that the most surreal moment? Just just walk me through how it was like, you know, just sitting in the dugout in those last moments and then getting your hands on the trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that surreal is is the word I'd use. The twelfth of the twelfth of May is a special day in my life. It was a uh, it was the birthday of of my late father, and uh, oh. you know, for uh, I was very close to my father. He was a very strong mentor for me as I was sort of learning right. the game and and obviously just in life in generally. He passed away in 2006, too too early for uh, you know for uh, for what we would have liked as a family. So the 12th of May is a really special day in in our family's mm-hmm. in our family's life anyway. So yeah, uh, I guess one thing that I will never forget was the look on Mahela's face straight after. Um, Mumbai Indians as a team is is a is is a bunch of these really class acts, right? You've got a class act and a skipper, you know, who backed Malinga, even though Malinga went for a bunch of runs in that final. You've got Malinga himself, who who bowled a ridiculously wonderful last over, despite being hit for so many runs in the final. And then behind all of this is, is are you guys, uh, you know, everyone looking after the players who put in such attention to detail. Uh, in so many things, there are reports, there are meetings, uh, match day minus two, match day minus one, match day meetings. Um, how How is that? Walk me through how that is, you know, the amount of attention for detail and the number of extraordinary minds that go into um, making this franchise what it is like. Um, mm. How is it to experience that, uh, James, for you? Yeah, you're right. There is lots of layers and, and everybody is made very clear on what their roles are and where they can have some influence. Uh, right. Like I say, I've I've been really impressed in, in my two seasons with MI with with just how organised and, and over the top of things Mahela has. Uh, but mm. also, he's also prepared to give each person responsibility for their own areas. And uh, I think MI have, over the years, you know, prided themselves on trying to bring the best people in certain respective skill set deliveries and coaching. 
Yes. You know, yes. You, you look at Shane Bond, you look at Paul Chapman. Obviously, Robin Singh's been there for a long time as well. We we introduced Zach into the environment in, in 2019 as well. And so that there's a lot of people with a lot of quality, with a lot of experience, you know, not only in their own skill sets, but, you know, the ability to work in a collaborative uh, mind and, and manner is, is really important. And I think from what I've experienced just over two years and observing and talking to other management crews and people that I know in the other respective franchises that, you know, I think that's what does set MI apart is just the structure that they have in place, uh, the quality that they've managed to consistently retain and recruit, uh, and just yep. the way that they do, you know, allow people to go and, you know, deliver their role uh, within that wider plan. So, you know, uh, it's, it's very thorough. You know, the scouting process is very thorough. And, and yeah. while that's not my area of expertise to, to speak about, I, I do know that their scouting network is very thorough and, and very well organized and does have some real quality people involved in it. And, and consistently, you'll keep seeing MI pick up young players and those young players will go out and perform, you know, either in year one or in year two, which is real testament to the thoroughness of that scouting that gets done, because sometimes you you can get players in year one and year two and it, it's all a little bit too much for them and they they either don't play any part at all or, or the part that they play is is not really uh, effective in game day so yeah there's there's a lot of layers to it i guess the key for all organizations whether it's a sporting organization or whether there's a business type organization if if you've got quality people and they're all prepared to collaborate then you know you're on the way to success but certainly in t20 cricket you do Let's take a quick break on the cricketnews.com podcast. You better stay with us or else just stay with us. It's free. It's okay. You can stay with us. Daniel White here, guys. Checking out the latest news at Cricket News. For all the latest match previews, exclusive interviews and more about our beautiful sport, visit cricketnews.com. Welcome back to the cricketnews.com podcast. We're in conversation with the fielding coach of the Mumbai Indians, James Pamant. Speaking strictly as 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 the fielding coach, who's been the one player or you know a couple of players that you've thoroughly enjoyed uh, training? I get a lot of joy from watching, obviously, the guys who play regular in in our first team. But I certainly can't lay claim to you know being too effective around their skills. But what I'm trying to do is try and make yeah. sure that we have those guys in the right areas so that they they capitalise yeah. on the chances that are created. So. Somebody like Polly, I guess, from a skill point of view, I, I haven't done a lot of work with Polly, but what I try and do is try and make sure that tactically, you know, he puts himself or the captain puts him in the positions where we need him, you know, and, and mm. I guess you consistently see Polly standing at uh, mid-on or mid-off or, you know, uh, occasionally it'll be long on or long off, but uh, yep. it was great to see them utilise him last year when we bowled short and wide to uh, to Watson. I think it was, and, and then Rayner against CSK and see Polly pulling off one of the best catches we've ever seen at deep points. So yeah. little tactical things like that, you know, it might just be a discussion, but then when you see it come to fruition, you know, you take as much satisfaction out of... We have some great fielders within our ranks, you know, Hardy, Cornell, like I say, Polly, fantastic skills, Surya Kumar, uh, Royd himself, great catching hands, you know, yeah. Ishan Kishan, very, very mobile, very quick. Fielding is is now much, much more important uh, as opposed to how it was 
say about a decade ago where you had to be a good batter or a good bowler um and if you were all right in the field that it was that it was you know looked away and it was ignored for a bit and and you would be like okay fine i'll hide this fielder maybe um at fine leg or third man or or in areas where the ball might not go as often but now do you think do you think that notion has changed and now you know that you have to be a good fielder to be considered as a part of the squad i think certainly for the younger players yeah i think it, it's it's almost non-negotiable for a younger player coming through now that they have to develop their skills you know where their their base their ba- all their base techniques are, are very good you know with the ability to move them to you know outstanding uh, you know, I think we'll reflect certainly over the last couple of years around the CSK team, and Mahindra Singh Dhani has been very open with the fact that you know they're not a very good fielding team, but they get the mm. job done. So there is still aspects of as long as you're getting the job done with the bat and the ball, then we can accept that we're not going to be the best fielding team in the competition, but we're going to try our best to make sure we secure every catch and, you know, and we take runouts when they're available and we stop the ball from going to the boundary. Uh, but certainly I think for the younger players, there's no excuse why a younger player shouldn't be working extremely hard on his fielding skills, given that the, the support around these teams is, is very significant that, you know, once he gets himself into the team, that, you know, he is a very good fielder who can field in a number of positions. As you know, games are won by one run, two run, three runs, and those vital catches and those vital runouts or those diving stops that turn, you know, the threes into twos or, the you know, the, the fours into threes or to twos, they win games. And uh, so it, it is important moving forward. So, so working within your limitations to maximise your potential. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I say, there's, there's exceptions all the time to the rules. But uh, you know, if you've got a guy who's striking at 150 and averaging 40, uh, but can't field, and you've got a guy who's you know striking at 120 and averaging 25 from an innings, then you're always going to pick that other guy, you know, because his, his output with the bat is is more significant. But if you can get mm-hmm. them closer together and the other guy can field outstandingly well, well. You know, he will be the guy that eventually will get selected. So it is really important. And like I say, for, for the younger players, it, there's no excuse because, you know, they've got time on their side. They've generally got more energy on their side uh, as well. So they need to maximize that. Keeping in mind that, you know, COVID-19 obviously will take some time to ensure that cricket is, is back again. It will take some while. Um, but what, what, are your, uh, what are your short-term and long-term goals for the time to come? Yeah, well, obviously, my my main focus is, is with MI, uh, understanding when the IP, IPL potentially might happen. Will it happen? Is it going to be postponed? I'm not too sure. Once once mm-hmm. I get some information, obviously, MI are probably waiting for some direction from BCCI. And obviously, is it going to happen at all? So my, my plans at the moment are on hold. Yep. Uh, listen, this has been a pleasure. Uh, I, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, it's so good to talk to you again after such a long time. We've obviously, uh, you know, uh, had a great time last IPL, which included lifting the trophy and it felt beautiful. Um, yeah. But it was great to talk to you after such a long time, James. Listen, so when you're in when you're when you're in Mumbai, could just do me a favor when you the next time you take the local train, just just have someone else along with you. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise. <it'll, laughs> 
What a wonderful experience. It, what a wonderful experience. Yeah. Wasn't it? Where did you travel from? Did you travel from Santa Cruz to Churchgate? What was it? I went, yeah, no, I, I started off out at, uh, uh, by Beverly Park. What's the station by Beverly Park? Copper. Oh, Copper Kairani. Yeah. Yeah, Copperangi. And I went up to, to the north. So I went up to Tane. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a train from Tane then into Dada. Wow. That's yeah, incredible. And then I had to change at Dada to go up to Santa Cruz. And that's where I went wrong. I jumped on the wrong line and I ended up back down in Churchgate. <laughs> I was going the wrong way. So then I had to go back from Churchgate up to Dada and change again. And then I got a, I got a train from uh, there up to Santa Cruz, uh, met up with my friend and then went back down into Churchgate, had a couple of hours in Churchgate and then jumped back on and, and went back the other way. Yeah, it was thoroughly enjoyable. It was a Sunday, so I guess it wasn't as intense as maybe a work Yeah, day. oh, that's but, a saving uh, grace, obviously. Don't do yeah. this on a weekday. But listen, this yeah. happens to the best of Mumbai cars, okay? It happens to yeah. people who've been living in, in, in the city for all of their life. And yeah. for you to come and do this, it's incredible. Yeah. So you're in my book, yeah. you're, you're a true Mumbai car already. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. So I got some good help, actually. You know, some guys obviously knew that I was a stranger in a foreign land, and they would say, oh, where are you going? Where are you going? I was saying, oh, I'm trying to get back to Tane. And he said, all right, follow me. And, uh, yeah, we that was when I got back to Dada in the evening. Yeah, and he, he walked me right across to the line to get up to Tane. Oh, and then wonderful. he got off at Tane and he put me on the right train to get back to uh, to where Beverly Park was. So, no, I had a great day. It was, it was a great experience. Met some wonderful people. That's great. So, yeah, uh, looking forward to more more of these train rides. And, and next time you get yeah. on them, just let me know. I'll get a camera along and we'll film uh, it. Sounds good. Brilliant. Sounds good, man. Yeah. And when I'm going to be in New Zealand, which I'm dying to, I'm, yeah. I've written down Papua on my list. I'm going to give you yeah. a call once I'm there. It'd be, yeah. it'd be nice to go walk on the beach with your beautiful yeah, dog. Absolutely, mate. No, you'll be very welcome to come and stay with us anytime. You'll enjoy it. Super. Thanks a lot, James. Stay safe. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Yeah. Stay safe. Yeah. You too. All right. I loved having James on the podcast. He's someone who works so hard, is a complete team man, and is so respected and valued at the Mumbai Indians. It's individuals like these who work on strategy, help cricketers beat their mental barriers to get the best out of them. And our attempt, like we always say, is to tell these stories of these brilliant minds that don't necessarily get as much credit as they should. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CricketNews.com podcast. If you enjoyed having us around, then please press subscribe so that you don't miss out on your weekly dose of cricket news and conversations from some of the best minds in the game. We'll be back next Saturday at 6pm. Till then, be good kids, don't go outside and be kind as much as you can to everyone you meet. See you next Saturday. See ya.